was nothing I could do Nothing I could do Hello and welcome to This Is Something I Can Do, Overcoming PTSD and Trauma with Aromatherapy. I'm your host, Amanda May Fitzgerald. In these unprecedented times, we all desire to make a difference with the division, violence, climate change, and sustainable energy issues. We all know the time for planning has passed. It's time for action, but it is difficult for our voices to be heard. I'm a trauma survivor with PTSD, and my flight, fight, or freeze response is triggered in almost every waking moment in these times. I am learning to overcome my triggers by facing my traumas and putting them in their rightful place. I know many others who are doing the same. We can make a difference in our lives and the world. I'm a professional aromatherapist, and through my work, I have found purpose and the tools I need to help myself and others. This podcast will shed light on the effects of trauma and what my guests and I are doing to overcome ours while helping others in the process. Please join us on this journey as we find others using their voice to help trauma survivors too. I'm your host, Amanda May Fitzgerald, and this is something I can do. I still sit here with it all. Hello. And welcome to Something I Can Do. I'm your host, Amanda May Fitzgerald. This week, I have with me guest James Fitzgerald. He dedicated 23 years of service to the United States Navy. Starting out as a welder, he retired as a Navy chief, working on hovercraft and later instructing. He grew up in Chicago, spent his formative years in Canada, and was initially stationed on the USS Abraham Lincoln out of Everett, Washington, where I met him and we fell in love. Jim, welcome to Something I Can Do. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's pretty cool because I'm a big consumer of podcasts. So it's nice to... I just turned you on. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. (laughs) No, so I'm a big consumer of podcasts, but I never got to see how it happens. So I mean, like I've you know you see it on YouTube on Joe Rogan and stuff like that, but like to be in the thing and you know there's soundboards here and mics and we're wearing headphones, so it's it's very like you know like a like a professional podcast. So it's you know it's pretty cool. So it's nice to be here. Well, thank you. I'm very happy to have you here. Uh, this week I wanted to talk about resilience and post-traumatic growth and I couldn't think of anyone better to have on the show than you because you have been with me these 20 long years and uh short they did they did fly by I can't believe it's been 20 years but uh yes and I thought it would be nice for us to talk about well just our journey uh discovering um discovering that I that I did that I had PTSD and um, what that was like from your perspective um, I know it wasn't easy so yeah I just I, I would like to really be vulnerable with the audience right now and just kind of talk about what that looked like for us as a couple and how you've seen things change over the years how we have learned to as 
many people put it, dance a different dance and um, and how we've been able to come through. And I feel we're stronger now than we've ever been. Um, I see it getting that way more and more. So um, I just wanted to talk about that today. So I appreciate you coming on and being willing to do this. Well, you're welcome. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to help. I'm very, I'm a private person. But, I know. Um, yeah, if you ask, I'm always going to help. So, I know it's a big ask for you. It's so. a, no, 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 that's not, I'm trying. Yeah, all right. I'm not trying to say, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I recognize the fact this is hard for me. No, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm trying to say, you know, like it, it's, no, I'm happy to do it for you kind of thing. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I think that it will also help others because, um, you know, I, I, there has been more talk about mental health, um, and recognizing that we need to take care of our mental health as much as we need to take care of our physical health. Um, but still, I don't think people quite understand what that looks like and there's still quite a bit of stigma around it. So I -hmm. think that the more that we are able to talk about our experiences, the more that um, it'll be easier for others to talk about their experiences, and and hopefully that'll send out a ripple effect to and somehow make a difference in the world. That's my hope. Well, so, we help somebody, right? Exactly. So, with your twenty-three years in the United States Navy, um. I'm sure that, well, I know because I'm your wife and we've talked about it, that um, you you recognized things in me that you also saw at times around you in some of your service members. Um, well, I mean, it's not some, I, I, in hindsight, yes. But at the time, like, because PTSD is only, you remember, I joined the military, I've joined a pre-war military. When I joined the Navy, it was, you know, 23, I joined the Navy in 98. And back then, it, the Navy was very different. It was like, uh, frankly, people that, a lot of us were just people that were lost in the world and looking for some kind of place to be. So you had all kinds of, and, and they would keep people, guys, for a lot longer than they did, even though they weren't making ranks. So you had like guys that we normally are like, like E4s that would be like an age age range of like, say, you know, like 20 to 25 would be your average age. There'd be guys that were like 40 years old E4s just coast through this because that's where they, that was their home. And they were like some weird dudes and some out there guys. And I mean, it was like a, it, it was, you know, it was very different back then. But the PTS, the PTSD thing um, wasn't as prevalent because we, we hadn't, like the earliest war was before that was you know back in the Gulf War, the the original one with Saddam and all that good stuff. So like you didn't see, like you did, ten years. You know after I'd been in about fifteen years, and then especially when I started working with the Marines, because mm-hmm. um, as an LCAC, so the people know LCAC means I was a hovercraft operator. I worked with we hauled the Marines, so we lived on a Marine base. Our friends were Marines. All, you know, I was around them all the time. And, yeah, I mean, these are guys that have been to Fallujah. These are guys that have been to, um, you know, you name it. All, all the nasty, ugly things that happened with the, the two wars that we've been fighting for all these years, they were there. And so I saw it in them. 
but I didn't, you don't correlate it that that's, you just think that's war stuff. You don't necessarily think that day to day, every, you know, people that didn't do that would have the same kind of stuff. So it just, at first, it like it didn't, it didn't jive to me that that's what we were dealing with. But then, you know, now we know a lot more about it and we, you and I went through a lot of, and then now looking back, yes, I could see that it was PTSD, it was post-traumatic stress disorder related, but at the time that that wasn't, I didn't know, like, the, like I'd seen it, like I said, I'd seen it in guys that I'd, like, I'd, I tell you what, you go on a Gator Freighter or an Amphib ship, and we all hit port, and everybody's out drinking, and that night, like, those boys are, I mean, I mean, the Marine Corps is, it has a warrior culture anyways, and that's that way for a reason, don't get me wrong, but, like, that's when a lot of those guys, that's when you would start seeing it, like, when they would start like, I can remember being up on the smoke deck, and, and all of a sudden, one guy, you know, we'd, ha- we'd have to basically dogpile on him and hold him down because he was just, he was ready to just throw down and do it with, like, go for it with anybody there. And he wasn't there. Like, you looked him in the eye, and, like, he wasn't there anymore. He was back somewhere. And it was, like, I mean, this stuff happened. But that's just, you understand that being in the military. So you don't necessarily understand it when it's at home. Or recognize it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was at first it was hard to 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 see it, but then of course you know with the, the therapy and the counseling sessions that we like it started to become more obvious that that's what we were dealing with. Right. So at first it wasn't. I had no idea. Yeah. No, I didn't recognize it as p as PTSD for a long time. Even though when when you know what really prompted all of this for me and for us was uh my pain the the chronic pain that i started dealing with and trying to figure out what and where that came from and and why i was experiencing it and we started therapy because you because it is a lot on a family when one family member is in pain a lot and you know that puts a lot of strain on other family members um so to me what what is really surprising is how or surprising to look back on is how how I would describe the way that I would get sometimes in our arguments and or what would happen for me mentally when we were arguing and how I had multiple um doctors and therapists tell me that it was PTSD or that that sounds like PTSD I remember our therapist saying that sounds like PTSD and me being like nodding my head and being like yep and it was still that session was still we still had three more years to go before I feel like I accepted it even though well hang on no you said you were nodding your head as in you were like um yeah, that sounds like something somebody with PTSD would do. Or, yeah, I think I do have PTSD. You're saying that... That's just it. Is like there, there was almost this like surface acceptance of it. Mm-hmm. and But then... But I didn't accept it on a deeper level. Like, it took me three more years. Definitely initially when it was first suggested to me, I... I... I don't even it's hard to describe because it was like there was this block like that would get brought up and it would just be like a 
like a veil, like I heard them saying that I had PTSD, but it, but it was more like, oh, well, that's something that veterans have and I haven't been through war. So right. that's not really me. You're saying that about what you're hearing me tell you, but that's not me. Right. That can't be because I haven't been to war because that's where it, it PTSD is, is, is a veteran thing. It's not a... Right. Right. No, no, no. I know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I understand that that's what I was thinking, too. Like, I mean, it's just, well, it, it's it's a unfortunate stigma that, um, well, A, it's, it's a, it gets bad both ways because veterans get put in that hole a lot. Like, pigeonholed is, well, oh, you know, you better be careful hiring a vet. Those, those guys, they can, you know, they all got baggage. They all got some screws loose kind of thing. Right. Because PTSD isn't accepted as something that everyone can have. And then other people who probably have it are like, well, I'm not a vet. I don't have PTSD. Yeah. I mean, I I believe there's a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. No, 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 no question. Now that I understand more of it, especially after everything we've gone through, I, I see it more. Mm-hmm. So, In our, in, in any of our frontline workers, right? And, and especially with this pandemic, we're probably going to start seeing a lot more of the healthcare workers coming out with... Um, and those who have been in care too, there's PTSD that comes after a long hospital stay. I mean, uh, there's there. It's not really fully understood how people develop PTSD because not everybody who goes through traumatic experiences develops it. But but a lot more people who go through traumatic experiences develop it than we think. Than we think. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, which So, yeah, I back to the the guy that you were describing that um, on you know on your Liberty Days when the the I want to go back to that really quick because it just as you're describing what he was going through, it really it kind of took me back to those moments when I would run and hide in the closet, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and just be overcome with emotions and feeling like, like, uh, you know, whatever little thing it was that we were fighting over or, you know, whatever conflict had arisen, that in that moment, everything was lost. Like in that moment, it just felt I, I was living something else. And I realize that now in hindsight, because what whatever our conflict was, it wasn't as big as the emotions I was feeling at the time. Well, and I remember that, that you know me, I'm a very logical guy. I, I work in engineering rates. I'm a, I'm a mechanic, a welder, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm very, I have a linear, rational way of thinking. And, and I can remember there being, I, I was so frustrated because there was no reasoning. There was no rational reasoning with you in those times. And I didn't know what to do with it. I just absolutely did not know what to do with that. It's like, I, like we're both heated. We're both, like you said, in conflict. Mm-hmm. We're both, like, this is a problem here. And the only way I know to work through problems is with, you know, to logically say this, this, and this. And, and let's look at the, you know what I mean? But that wasn't on the table. PTSD is not logical. Right. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust me, I, I, I found that out. So, like, there was like, I, mean, I can remember being like, but, but, and like, Pre, like this is a this is like an indisputable fact, and apparently it's disputable. Like it's like, and I had no idea. I was like, oh my god, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with this. And that's, I mean, 
it just, yeah, that, that was frustrating. That took some time to understand and get used to and realize, okay, well, then this isn't about what's happening. This is about a feeling that you're getting from it. And that's what we need to address first before we can get to anything else. Because until that is handled, um, it, until that's, until we're past that, this, that place, nothing else is happening. There's, there's, there's no, there's no words. There's no combination of words. There's no sounds I can make with my face that are going to make this better. Or, or, or at least get us to a place where we're on common ground. Because, I mean, that's any conflict in a marriage we've learned is you look for the common ground. You find that common ground. This is where we can work shit out. Right. We both got to come there willingly. We both come to the count and we say, okay, I, I can do this. You can do that. We can't, like, you know, all the years, of, that's what we learned. But that wasn't, like, there was no doing there, that. You can't, you can't work through irrationality. Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. just, it just it's, it's obvious. So it's, yeah, that was the, that, that was the hardest thing in the, in, in when we were back in those days. Because yeah. just, just, I didn't know, I, there was nothing I could do with it. And I didn't know any, I didn't have the tools. I didn't know what to do. I just, I just knew that it was just, just, it was just everything I said or did made it worse. Right. So it, you know. Well, and it really wasn't until there were some really key moments in my journey coming to accepting uh, the PTSD diagnosis as well as just the traumatic events that I had experienced. Um, and you were there for all of them. Um, you, it was my being able to... Was vo- I the cause of them? Or was <laughs> and as it turns out, you were there for all of those moments, sir. <laughs> no, not like that. No, I, I know. That's, not, that's not what I'm saying. It... For me, my PTSD was rooted in relationship. So our relationship triggered me. Right. Things within our relationship would trigger my response, my flashbacks, my responses. And I didn't understand at the time that I was having a flashback. You know, when when you're overwhelmed with all those emotions and you feel like someone has done you wrong... I was the well, one in front of you, so you it's me. You were the me. one in front of me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Must have been you. Right. Um, well, I'm sure I had my fair share. Don't get me wrong. I ain't no well, saint. Everybody but, brings yeah. something to the table. So, right. yes. I mean, but that's relationships. Um, but what I'm saying is there were... the The key moments were when I needed to come to to accept something um that that mentally i ha- i had been blocking so there was a key moment where i we were in conflict and we at this point i hadn't accepted that i had ptsd yet but i was probably i think well yet it was this was the key moment so it was 3 years into into my own personal therapy trying to um get you know, some support for my chronic pain. And I said to you, you don't understand what it's like to not know, to to lose time and not know what happened in that time. And it wasn't until I was able to verbally say that to you that that's when 
the floodgates opened in my mind literally i've it almost felt like those experiences that people talk about when they see their life flash before their eyes Mm. i suddenly saw all these pictures of the traumatic event that had been in my memory all those years but they just like lined up in a sequential order in a way that my brain all of a sudden was like holy cow that happened Mm -hmm. and that was my first step into acceptance and then one of our conflicts uh, a whole year later you said to me you're angry all the time and it forced me to look at myself because i'm not an angry person i don't see myself that way i've never seen myself that way but that's who you saw me as And it made me really stop and have to think, okay, well, where is this anger coming from? Well, and it wasn't necessarily even that you were like just wandering around spitting and snarling and angry all the time like that. It was more like a, like it, it, you would become angry over things. And now that I look back, you become angry over things that shouldn't be something you become angry over. Right. It's like... Like this is, this doesn't, this doesn't, this is more like a, hey, what the hell is that going? Like random water dripping somewhere. Whatever. nobody told me. Why didn't nobody (laughs) tell me the water was dripping? Right. Yeah. No, I don't don't say like, it's just like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Those are the kind of things that, yeah, no, I know you know. And at that point it was frustrating for me because I did know at that point that I had had PTSD, but I, but I didn't understand all of my triggers yet. I, it's possible I still don't understand my trick, all of my triggers, but, um, I didn't understand that those reactions it were. was I understood enough to know that I was being triggered but I didn't understand I didn't understand why I was being triggered and I wasn't clued in enough to being triggered to be able to differentiate and say I'm triggered and the people around me are not the cause there's something else Like, what triggered me was the water dripping. The water dripping triggered me, but... It was because of us. It it brought you back to a traumatic event. Yeah. Not because dripping water should make you angry. Right. But you were the one who caused the water to drip. So, therefore... (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? Every husband listening right now is laughing. (laughs) (laughs) But how dare you, sir? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that was another key moment. And there was a third. And the third was, again, it, I'm, what I'm trying to, to get across is that um, it, it required me having the conflict with you, being able to accept that the things the my reactions were due to PTSD and then working diligently with my therapists with my physical therapists with my own aromatherapy uh implementing all the tools that I knew how to implement being dedicated to working things out with you and being you know 
not allowing my triggers to to be something that um, made the rest of the family walk around on eggshells constantly. Like my, I had to come to terms with the fact that my triggers are my triggers. They're not everyone else's responsibility that, you know, just because I got triggered doesn't mean that everyone else is going to be and be at that level. Right. Right. Be at that level, but also like, um, you can't walk around in life wondering if something you're going to do is going to trigger me, but that's where we were living at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, yeah, that is exactly where we're living. Yeah. Are we still living there? No. I mean, I know certain things to, like, you know, not do or be, you know what I'm saying? Like, there are things that I, just courtesies, you know, it's like why I start clapping and whistling when I'm coming down to your shop, because I don't want to startle you. Right. You know, I don't want to knock on the door and... And I only get about a 50% success rate. (laughs) (laughs) I don't matter what I'm doing. Sometimes I come, I I knock on the door and I hear, (sighs) (laughs) I tried, baby. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. no. But I mean, you know, there are things obviously that I I know to not just to whatever, but no, I'm not in a place where I have to constantly worry about everything I'm doing to, and, and take that into consideration because there was a time that I had to think of everything I did, everything. I'd look down the line and think of the potential repercussions of that action, no matter what it was. And in those, those repercussions being, you know, setting something off and, and that's, that's, you know, I, but I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Like there was a time I couldn't go fishing in the mornings like I do now and just, just go. Right. I couldn't because there'd be just, you know, and not now I just, I even just, if I was okay in the moment saying, yeah, I know, go have fun. I know damn well I'm coming home to something right. or not, not every time, but about one in five or something like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But no, I don't, I, I, it's really nice. So anybody out there that considered, that thinks their wife has PTSD, <laughs> I'll tell you what guys, like bite the bullet and start trying to work through it with her. Cause it's, it's a lot nicer when you get to the other side. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, for you too, I know it is. Yeah, and I see it on you. I see, that's that's why I can be relaxed because I can see that you're more relaxed. That you are better. I'm more in control of my emotions. Right, right. Yeah, and that's and that's yeah, and that's yeah. And I recognize my triggers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the while I may not know them all, and and that may be something that I do work through. I know now well enough to know that when I discover one, that looking at it, talking it through with my therapist, um, really just trying to pick it apart from the logical brain with the logical side of things, you know, because those those triggers are trapped in a part of our brain that is the reptilian part of the brain. The it's it's the fight or flight. It's the uh, the part of our brain that that can't think in that moment um, from A to B in those logical linear ways where where um, where I can put some common sense in in it. It's they're much stronger when you first recognize them when they first. Well, or if you're not recognizing them at all, they continue to be strong and they get stronger and stronger until they develop into p- 
pain in your entire body <laughs> like they did for me. But anyway. And I, was, I can, but I'm sorry. I don't, I, I, no, go ahead. But that pain, I remember watching. That was, that was not, like I think a lot of people would try and stigmatize the pain, like the, the, the post, the PTSD caused pain or like, I don't know. Like I'm not a psychologist Bod- or whatever. Body memories. Or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I saw the physical, actual manifestations on you, and there's no mistaking it. So there is pain. So people out there who are thinking that, like, oh, no, I this is, I don't actually, I'm not in pain. This is all in my head. Well, wherever it is, whatever it is, it's there, and it's real. And I watched you go through that shit, which was so frustrating. That was part of the thing that I was dealing with, too. It was like, oh, my God, my wife's in pain all the time. There ain't no fucking thing I can do about it. And it's a helpless, shitty place for a husband to be because my number one job is your husband and my, like, not you know, one of my number one jobs and priorities as your husband is to ensure that you are well and safe. And I couldn't. And there was nothing I could do about it. And I remember just feeling totally fucking helpless. And that's a really bad place to be. And uh, that's another reason. If, if people think that, that stuff is just made up. It's not. I'm telling you right now, it's not. Because I watched it. I witnessed it. I didn't go through it myself, but I definitely was witnessed it on a daily basis. And I have seen the difference now. And it's no. It's a significant, significant difference. So. Well, thank you. Well, I mean, thank you for doing the work because so, it's made all our lives better, frankly. So, yeah. Well, I think we did it together. I know we did it together. I I would like to think that I could have done it without you because that's <laughs> but the truth is we've makes the dream work, baby. You know what it yeah, is. Yeah. We've been doing it for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Almost, Almost not yet. Yeah, we yeah. can't celebrate August. yet. August twenty years. <laughs> twenty years. Um yeah, and that is actually, you know, what in the reading and um so in some of the reading that I've done, uh, the the workbook that I worked through with um, one of my therapists, um, it's the post-traumatic stress workbook, post-traumatic stress disorder workbook um, by um, I'll get their names in here. Well, I'll put the name in the write-up. There you go. I'll put the name in the in the write up for sure. Um, right now, I'm drawing a blank, but um, it's a it's a wonderful book that really helped me recognize a lot and and come to acceptance. Even after I accepted, it helped me further accept. Um, and they talk about post traumatic growth, and I really feel like I'm I really feel like I am working close that I'm closer and closer to post-traumatic growth every day and I think on some level I am on some levels I I have attained it and but it's not something that that comes easy it's not um it's it's more than resilience I'm learning it's not just being able to be like well you know that happened and let it bounce off me and I'm I'm a warrior I can carry on it's you have to do the work you have to get in there and figure figure out how to um, how to work through those triggers and and well I think the biggest thing is also you know in a lot of cases to make time for it mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine one time asked me uh, a civilian friend asking me you know about you know he sees all these guys and he's read about all these guys in the military about 
you know, with PTA, then why don't they get help? He says, isn't there help? I thought there was so much hope for you guys, like in the military, like, you know, like, like, you know, counselors and everything. I said, yeah, right. there is. But, but who's got the time? You got to remember something like, like in it, like in the military, I can say for the, for this, because I have experience there is that there's, I know the, the people think that there's like a ton of dudes in the military. Everybody's like five guys to dig a ditch and or whatever. You know what I mean? But it's not. I mean, and it's the same everywhere is anytime you're taking time away from whatever you're doing, you're leaving somebody else to pick up your slack. Right. And that's the truth. That is, that is a thing. And that's the biggest thing in the military. We're so, we're so mission oriented. We just, it's head down, get it done. Let's go. We got, we got whatever the thing is to do. There's an inspection coming. There's a deployment coming. There's always something. And that's no different though than anybody else's life. There's kids, there's jobs, there's everything else. But I can say after watching you and seeing the differences, it was worth it because there was time taken away. Absolutely. And you mm-hmm. got to do that time and people check in. But but if you could see the difference in quality of life for the before and after mm-hmm. for you, like, I mean, if we could pull out and have two snapshots to anybody, I don't know. I don't care what's going on in your life. Make the time. Figure it out. If you if you recognize it, you think that you are dealing with this stuff, and I'm not. I can't tell you if you are or not. Like fuck, do I know? But it it does make it. It's worth it. I can. And this is just from my experience, from what I've seen from you. Like people should really. I know that. Every, like everybody's got stuff going on. Everybody's busy. Everybody's busy. Take the time. Make the time. Figure it out. Find it. Well, It'll pay and- dividends. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're there. straight. That's how it's done. No, you're right. It will pay dividends because I'm definitely feeling it. And it's you know there's there's a lot of other um, mental health uh, issues out there that that deserve that time as well. It's you know if you feel mm-hmm. like you have any any kind of um, you know, anytime emotions are just too much or you're feeling like it's just better to stay in a in your bedroom and not face whatever's on the other side of that door or, um, you know, anytime you're feeling like nobody's going to understand what you're going through, there's somebody out there that understands what you're going through and it it does pay in dividends like you said to go talk to someone if the first therapist that you find you don't connect with find another one because i do think very i i believe strongly in having a therapist that matches where you are on your journey because i've gone through several and it wasn't because they were bad or because i needed to to move on or because something had happened it was because i i needed to find someone who could match where i was then at my journey so well john b and i'm not gonna say his name because i don't want to you know but well you just said our, his name but well, I, I said john in a in a in b b because i'm good. gonna email him this after so he can hear this that man saved our marriage and he frankly did. he parted partially saved my life i know because that yeah. When, for the listeners or whatever, we went to a separate, we went all the way to the mat. We were separated for a couple months, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And it almost killed me. And I'm not kidding. And I mean, killed me by my own hand. Those thoughts entered my mind. That's where I was. I was that dark and low. And if it wasn't for some of the work we did with that man, I wouldn't be sitting here. And of course, 
I have, you know, I got a lot of history there and I knew what that would do to our kids. And that was the real reason I never did. But I would, that's how close I was. Because that shit was, I was all, uh, that was, it was bad. And he is one of the main reasons that we made it through that. But he was, like, he was the shit. But he was our third, remember? Our third, because we went through those other two Mm -hmm. first. One wasn't so bad. One was a was frankly like just way the fuck. She we was, don't. Yeah. We don't need to. And then, but John <laughs> was incredible, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, he's. he's I, I firmly believe him and the work we did with him is the reason you and I are sitting here right now and oh, having I do this too. conversation. There's no, there's no question in my mind. So nope. finding like that's. I'm just saying to your point. It's the truth. Finding the right. It's not just go talk to anybody, and you're gonna have to go through a few maybe. Mm-hmm. And maybe like whatever, but yeah, when you if, if you can find the right therapist, it just it's a it's a game changer, life changing game change like big time. So yeah, it is. No, just breathing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that, and well, thank you for being here with me today. Well, yeah, baby. Being like I said, you asked so. I appreciate it and I love you. I love you too. I do. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Podcast land. (laughs) Thank you very much for being with us today. This is something we can do. Here is something you can do. Something you can do. This is something you can do. Something you can do Here is something I can do Something I can do This is something I can do Something I can do